the weather down there in California? Are you experiencing some of the nonsense they are in Northern California? Not as much. No, it's not as bad here. We don't have floods. Um, but it's a really beautiful day today. It's not raining today. I think we're expected to have more rain this weekend. But yeah, the Northern California is, is um, bad. It's not a not in a good shape. And then there, there's an area, um, the Monterey Peninsula. They're talking about how with the upcoming rains, that it's more likely to turn into temporarily, but it'll turn into Monterey Island. So yeah, they're telling people to be prepared. Oh my God. That's like, that's, I mean, the whole, um, our whole life we've heard that California is just going to fall into the ocean anyway. So, <laughs> right. I mean, with an earthquake. Know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, know. I know. It's not lost on me that I've moved from very safe from pretty much most natural disasters, except for tornadoes in Michigan, all uh-huh. the way to the part of the country that will literally fall into the ocean. <laughs> um, um, if the apocalypse comes. So, um, um, I'm really far inland. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> no, no. But but um, I have heard that they're getting, they're calling them cyclones, which are mm-hmm. tornadoes. But um, And that's not a thing normally in Northern California? It's not a thing in California because we have the mountains and the mountains kind of interfere with the, the, the wind patterns that that could possibly form. Um, so I don't I don't really know how it works. I'm not a weather person, but I just hoping for the best. The problem is because my first thing was like, oh, it's rain. Like we're we don't have to be in drought anymore. But the problem is, is that it's not getting absorbed. The water doesn't get absorbed properly. Um, right. Like normally we would have the snowpack, which which slowly releases water throughout the year, which is what actually helps with our droughts. Uh, but that's not happening um, because the, the water is just basically just running through. Um, it's not getting absorbed. And so it's just making its way back to the ocean. So it's not... Uh, it sucks, and it's not um, not really that beneficial, unfortunately. No, because California could really use the water. Yeah, of I course. Mean, so, you know, I mean, but but maybe this helps the crops at least, you know? Yeah, I mean, I know I haven't turned on my sprinklers in like two weeks, so Mm-mm. there's no. that. Mm-mm. No, well, yeah. And it's also illegal to gather rainwater here in yeah, California. Yeah, I, I heard that. Like, why? What's the What's the purpose? What's the point? Because when you gather rainwater, then it doesn't go in into the um, I think they're called like underground rivers and stuff, which are owned by the water companies, which are you know then they get to charge you for it and stuff. So basically, it all leads back to capitalism. So because if you take the water, then they don't have the water to sell. So that's why. Yeah, watch me put a rain barrel out in my backyard and fuck you, water company. Don't tell me what to do. What the fuck. Don't tell me what to do, because I'll, I'll do the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> On purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. What else? Any? What, anything else good coming up? Um. I have a lot of stuff just coming up. Uh. This year, we're just. I'm just really excited for all the things that are popping up. Um. Like. Me personally, us, uh, so we just got our bus. We got our, our VW bus. You did. You got the bus. Yay. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it, it needs a lot of interior cosmetic work. Yeah. So the all the exterior part is done. The engine's in good shape and all that. But yeah, it's all interior cosmetic. Thing. <laughs> so um, I am going to be adding that content onto the uh, the Franco Abode page. Franco Abode. Girl, where are you going to put that bus? That bus. It, it, it's your... in the garage now. Is it really the whole thing fits in the in the in the garage? It's not as big as you think it is. Yeah, no. yeah. It's actually slightly shorter than my than my car than my Forester. So yeah. okay, I'm excited to see it because I visualize like a legit like bus, like a yeah, and it Cata is or yeah. or a, you know uh, not a Cata, but you know that's a that's a Michigan thing. <laughs> um, okay, that's exciting. So um, good thing you've been on pause. Mm-hmm. With Frank the Franco abode, now you can start with the Franco bus. I don't know, <laughs> mobode or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, we have some ideas and stuff, and it's cool because it's such a simple car, and mm-hmm. the parts are readily available for it. Nice. So so it's easy to buy stuff, you know, to repair to replace. Um, yeah. So I got some some 
cool projects coming up. So that's fun. That that's really really cool. Um, and you're you're gonna design the interior and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. yeah. All right, you guys. If you don't follow Franco Boda on um, Instagram, you'll definitely want to do it. And it's not the Franco Boda; it's just Franco Boda. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. It was fun looking at all our videos and seeing the, um, you know, seeing the finished, um, you know, and and I got to actually see it in person over New Year, and so it's, it really was. It's it's a beautiful space. You have exquisite mid-century taste. Thank you. Um, it's a very, very, very beautiful home. Um, you went to school for interior design, though, right? Yes, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, she's if you if you if you ever are looking to hire an interior designer, fucking do it right because <laughs> her shit is on point. It's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So I've I've got that, and then I'm starting my in-person sessions, my in-person healing sessions this year. Excellent. Excellent. Have you, did you get good response from those? So I haven't posted them yet. Actually, I've just been, um, I have people that have contacted me privately yeah. and that's who, that's where I'm starting first. And then, yeah, I'm going to, I'll have the things up on the website just for anyone that's interested in, uh, to having more information on that. But yeah, those are, those are going to be local here, you know, where I live in Riverside, California. Um, and the healing sessions involve Reiki and Olympia session, and then yeah. just obviously just a talk as well. Um, so for whatever you may be going through or experiencing, whether you need guidance and and all that, so that's that's what I'm working on. That's what I'm doing. Um, I I'm also going to offer remote sessions. The remote sessions though were more designed for someone that has like a burning question, something that they're they feel very stuck in or blocked by to kind of help with guidance out, out of that. Um, and that's just because I can't offer, you know, the in-person sessions to everyone. And, and we have, we have so many people all around the country and around the world. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Um, do you offer distance sessions for your energy work or Olympia? Uh, for the Reiki, yes, but the Olympia sessions have to be done in person. I can offer like how to do it yourself. Yeah. I, I, when I got back here, I was like, why the fuck didn't I have her do Olympia on me? I seriously <laughs> needed it. But since I've been back, um, whoa, shit's, shit's up leveled, um, in my head. So, um, awesome. it wasn't the time, but yeah. Yeah. And I do feel like there's some, just something really special that happens when we get together and just kind of like things really elevate, I think, within – I know for me, within myself, like it just – it helps. It helps to have that support. And I think that to have that community, even if it's just you and I in that moment, like it's completely just an invaluable. Yeah. It's exciting. I'm yes. excited for you. I'm excited to see where this takes you. Yeah. Are <clears throat> um, right, you ready to make our, our announcement? Um, well – yeah, go ahead. Do okay. tell 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 everybody. Yes, so we have scheduled our retreat for 2023. This will Yay. be our first retreat taking place in Michigan. Um the city is Nuego, Michigan. Nuego, yep. Yes, on and the Nuego River. Uh-huh, and it's taking place on Friday, June 23rd through Sunday, June 25th. Yes. Uh, New Wigo is a little bit north of Grand Rapids, so if you want to attend this and you're coming from out of town, check into flights into the Grand Rapids airport. That will be easy, um, mm-hmm. but I can tell you right now there's not going to be any direct flights um, unless you're coming from like Detroit or something, which okay. might fly. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and then we'll have all the information, pricing, details, all that stuff up on our website shortly. Yes. Isn't that exciting, guys? Okay. Um, I am super excited for it. Yeah. Yeah. So what about you? What are, what have you got brewing for this year? Well, um, I, today I want to talk about the planet of action, Mars. Um, it's backward bullshit is ending today, which is super exciting. Um, so people should start to feel a little movement around like desire, uh, forward movement, motivation, inspiration, all that stuff. I have felt uh, a little bit, unmotivated, I would say maybe a little bit apathetic, not too bad, but yeah. But so that should start, um, you know, 
clearing up a little bit. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, people have been super dissatisfied with this phase because it feels like nothing's happening. Um, but I also hope that you used it to take a fucking rest from the burnout you're experiencing. Um, yeah. Even though you might have realized you're on the burnout path. I know I was, which is one of the reasons I'm like, dude, I got to get away. I got to go to California for you know the weekend for, um, and it was perfect. It was exactly what I needed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so don't forget though, we still have Mercury in retrograde until January 18th. But when that moves direct, things should really start to move for you. You'll start to feel that flow. And again, remember, there's a shadow phase we need to wade through. But, you know, by mid-February, um, choices and opportunities will give you a more clear path forward. Um, and then I also remind, I'll remind everybody that the first three months of our personal year, right? So we're, um, you know, 12 days into our personal year. Everybody has a different personal year, but those first three months provide us the experiences and circumstances for our primary lessons and growth for the year. So that first, these first three months, it's when you're going to experience, um, like choices that need to be made mm -hmm. that are going to lead you to, you know, the next three phases of this year. Um, so, you know, if you want a refresher on that, you can go to, um, my website, um, joefigures.com I forgot for a minute um, and then there's a, uh, a tab called tools for the modern mystic and then the personal year there's a couple posts on personal year in there and it should clear everything up so um, but yeah hey forward motion I know I feel it a little bit of energy yes I do too I I think when we talked before before new year's before new year's eve I was very like what the hell am I doing? Like, I'm not doing anything. And I feel like I don't feel like doing anything. You're sure you asked me what, what are you enjoying right now? And I'm like watching novellas and eating chocolate, <laughs> which was literally the best answer ever. I'm like, dude, I like that too. <laughs> oh my God. That's like all I wanted to do is just like, just uh, like, <laughs> Okay, and by the way, that chocolate that you had over on the side of your refrigerator yes. and those boxes, just these boxes of bougie chocolate just hanging out. And I was like, what the fuck are these, right? So you know my ass got into yes. them. And they were cookies covered with caramel and chocolate. And I was like, why are these still here? Well, they're yeah. going to help take care of that. And I freaking, I bet you like put, put back six of those damn things. Yeah, we had that. And then we had two boxes of C's candies. And so, yeah, it was um, it was not the best time for my sugar level. <laughs> that candy was fire, though. Oh my god, it was delicious. I was seriously oh. like, "Why is this here? What what are what are these people? What's wrong with these people?" Because I would have killed. Yeah, the it, kids don't, don't like those else. cookies as much as you would think that they that they would, but they don't. Which is gross because, well, I won't say it's gross, but it's weird because, um, you know, middle. Um, your middle child, I won't say yes. their name, but middle yeah. was throwing back those, um, what are those called? The C's. Oh, wait, which the, ones? The, the, the French cookies. What are those called? The French. Oh, the palmiers, I think, or the butter cookies. There were some no, butter cookies. No, the ones that were different colors and the pumpkin spice and the pistachio. Oh, the macaroons. The macaroons. And I think those are just air and sugar. I'm like, those, are, really those are. aren't my favorite. They, they were okay, but they were just sugar. It's almond paste. Yeah, it's just almond paste and sugar. And yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. right, well, whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, so anyway, <laughs> if we're, uh, I'm, I'm uh, happy to be out of the um, novellas and chocolate <laughs> phase that I went through there for a minute. <laughs> um, speaking of novellas, have you watched White Lotus? <laughs> no, I... I tried, and I love Jennifer Coolidge. She's my absolute favorite, but I have too much, too many other shits. And, and they were mean. They were rude, mean, entitled, mean people. I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't do it. Uh -uh, I got I we we got through like a first. I don't know how many episodes. We got through like a pretty decent amount of episodes until finally I'm like, I don't want to watch a show about entitled people and their and their problems. Like awful, oh, awful humans. I, I don't care. I don't mm -mm. care. And even the girls who are like, you know, they're represented as like, I don't know, a Gen Z and woke and stuff. Even they, they got on my nerves, like probably just as much as anyone. And I was like, I can't, I, there's, there's, I don't, there's not a single character on that show that I liked. 
No. And so then it just made it like, I don't, I'm not rooting for anyone. I, I, oh, uh, okay. The, the exception of the spa, the, the spa manager lady. Oh she, yeah. She was a black lady, right? Yes. She's yeah. the only one that I was like, I'm cheering for her, but I'm also like, and I, I don't, I'm not, no spoilers here because I haven't watched the ending, but like, I feel like there's this, um, feeling of impending disappointment that's coming her way and I just can't I just can't I can't with that I'm just like no Mm. someone's gonna let her down and she's gonna fire me up and I don't want to see it no yep I'm the same way too I'm the same way I'm like no um you know whenever there's any injustice especially against people of color I can't do it and also I can't watch it if the dog dies if the dog dies fuck off I'm not I'm not watching (laughs) okay But can we listen? I need to. We need to talk about something on air yes. because this is literally my favorite thing in the entire world right now. Your husband and your daughter. Oh no! Fucking being the number one fans of Bad Girls. Bad Girls Club. The Bad Girls Club. You guys. You you guys. Oh my god! They we watched that thing. Like seven, eight, nine episodes in a row. And I hate that kind of shit. But I tell you what, it sucked me because I was like, all right, what's going to happen now? Who, which shit show is going to create a shit show within the shit show house <laughs> in this specific episode? And they never let us down. It was a house full of shit shows. And her husband and her daughter love that shit. They really <laughs> did. They really do. And they're ridiculous. I can't. I can't. Because especially like they're watching this other season and there's this one point where like these like four girls gang up on one. They're just like <laughs> and, and I'm just like, how how can you watch this? And I had a problem. I have a problem. Well, one watching that stuff on TV is one thing. But like when I was in high school, I remember I would see people fight and and especially like when girls would get into fights with each other and there there'd be this circle of people you know formed around them watching them fight and I'm just like how come no one is stopping this like why are we just standing here watching I couldn't I would I would always walk away because I'm like I this is this feels so weird it -hmm. feels so I don't know, like primitive, like yes. we're like we look like a bunch of monkeys standing around watching this drama and Throwing like we're shit some, at each other. Yeah, I don't, I can't. Um, but I don't it's know. Mean. It's, mean. it's mean, and it's an, it's. I think it's you know it's probably the empath thing too. Like I can't yeah. watch boxing, I can't watch kickboxing or MMA because um, I'm like, no, 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 don't, don't. Why do you have to hit each other? But literally, I mean, and then the best part of of the fact that your husband was, he was the one that turned it on that got all settled on the couch. And he's like, come on, let's come watch this. And we're all like, what? What is happening here? I know. It was, it was awesome. It was, it was, yeah, it was. So even to the point of where I'm like, I wonder if I can like find out what's happened since I left it off. (laughs) And then I'm like, no, I'm not getting involved in those assholes. Because I don't know, what's the black girl's name? The one who's always starting the shit. I don't I don't know their names. The only one's name that I knew from that one season and this was was like a Judy. Judy. That's it. That's the only name I know. Yep. So the 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 black girl that hates Judy, like I want to watch it because I want to see her get her um just desserts. Not because Judy doesn't deserve it, because Judy (laughs) deserves it, but because it's like you can't just bully and manipulate people like that and not have some sort of consequences. Yeah, some repercussions. Right? Trump. But I mean Yep. You know, I want to see. Anyway. Uh, so I had an interesting conversation a couple of nights ago with Mike about about the show kind of um, adjacent. So we were talking about it and I was like, why? Why do you even like like watching that? He's like, you know, sometimes it gives me like a little bit of flashbacks <laughs> because because he dated someone who was like that. Like like she would have been on the show. And, you know, he was. I don't know. I don't remember how old he was. He must have been maybe like 25 or or just younger than that. So um, he didn't know what he was getting into, obviously, <laughs> in the beginning of the relationships. But it quickly would escalate into like where they were getting kicked out of clubs. Um, she would instigate fights and then he'd have to get involved. And there was one where she was just running her mouth and the girl's boyfriend who she was running her mouth to um was an mma fighter oh and, no yeah and then and so he's like dude like really i'm gonna have to fight this guy like what is this and he was just really like evaluated his life at, at that after, i'm out 
yeah. after some point, like, you know, I can't keep doing this. Mm-mm. But it's just funny that that that's how he kind of sees it. It's kind of like, oh, this is the this is the bullet I dodged. <laughs> ending right, that and relationship. If your mouth is getting you in trouble and it's consistent, right? One time I can I can see, right? Especially sure. with alcohol. But if your sure. mouth is consistently getting you in trouble, um, just because I'm your significant other doesn't mean that I'm going to jump in every single time. So, yeah. I mean, honestly, that's a bigger, a bigger question of why am I with this person who's constantly yeah. creating chaos? Yeah. Um, um, she, she specifically was, it, it, it continues to be a, a narcissist. And so everything is always about her and taking personal offense. Everyone's always like, you know, it's always an attack to her. It's everything's personal. Um, and and I don't know if narcissists are born or narcissists are made. I don't really know the psychology behind that. But I know that she carried and continues to carry a lot of pain within herself from things that she experienced as a young child, like her mom just leaving, um, running off, and basically abandoning her her the family, um, and leaving a husband who. Um, wasn't really equipped to be both parents, um, and all that. And then I'm sure there's more, more to all of that. And, and obviously a lot more conflict, but I think really what it came down to for her is that she's only ever known like a life with conflict. And when that's what, you know, that's what you seek. And when you you can't, and when you can't find it, you create it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, the reasons are obvious and sad and all of that stuff, but um yeah, it is a it is a, it is a bit of a train wreck to watch people like that and be like, "Ooh, mm-hmm. know, it's not going to turn out good for you." No. And it never does. So, um yeah, so it never does. Uh, well, What's, at any rate, it's a funny yeah. show. I mean, What's interesting about those those uh, the girls on the Bad Girls Club that that my daughter pointed out to me is that a lot of these girls now because it's been like ten plus years for most of these um, most of those shows or most of those seasons, um, a lot of them have ended up turning into either some kind of like healer or like some some kind of spirituality notion. Shut up! <laughs> yes. I love that. Right? Or, Heal or, your shit. Exactly. Or or they have a podcast. And I was like, hey, or, wh- was I su- was I supposed to be on the bad girls? Club? On the bad girls. <laughs> no. Right, well, maybe their their shit. You know, they got put on blast and they watched it and they were like, oh, right. Maybe I'm the problem. And, yes. You know. So and you know, sometimes we get hit with that, right? We see that um, yeah. through whatever. We go back through old texts and we're like, maybe I overreacted just a tad here or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, we don't have our shadow. Um, our trauma, our wounding on, um, you know, on blast like that for yes. the entire world to judge. So it does, you know, I would never join a reality show. There's no way in hell um, I would, but you know, and I'm pushing yeah. it having the podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. like, you know, I have opinions yes. on yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. But it does kind of track. It does kind of track, especially because it's clear that, like you said, these these women are putting out their shadow aspects out there. That's that's right. exactly what's on display. And so yeah. then if you do go back and watch yourself, yeah, it does give you that perspective that maybe you didn't you wouldn't have had the other any any other way you wouldn't have been able to um, to see any other way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know what? Related to that. I've been seeing a lot of hawks lately, just a ton of hawks. I don't know if it's like a seasonal thing because it's January or winter. Or I don't know why, but I've seen just uh, every day, every day I see at least one. Um, and so I, I looked it up. I looked up like what is hawk medicine? And hawk medicine is about seeing things and seeing your life, seeing yourself from a different perspective, from a higher perspective, and really looking at at life with a broader lens. And so I thought that that was cool. Um, That's beautiful. Yeah, uh, it's a, a very important lesson because, yeah, I think it's, uh, what's the saying, like, it's hard to see the, it's hard to see the forest when you're standing in the, the trees or the trees or something like that mm-hmm. yeah um well, and earlier didn't you mention um that a lot of people are coming to you or talking with you and they're going through a spiritual awakening 
Yeah. So we are in, so we just started 2023. The numerology year for uh, 2023 is we're in a numerology, numerological year seven. Yeah, universal and, seven. And seven is the number of the the spiritual seeker, correct? Is that right? Yes. Yes. Okay. And so a lot of people this year will be going through their spiritual awakening if they haven't already begun. Um, and then for those who have who are already on that path, uh, it's it's going to things are going to heighten heighten in a way that's going to propel you into where you're meant to go, into what you're meant to do. So strap in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And remember, the first three months are going to show you the choices and opportunities and potential paths and all that stuff. And the other thing is, is that if you are that person who's like, I don't know what my purpose is, and you feel frustrated by that, don't mm-hmm. worry about that. Because oftentimes our purpose is found in the doing of the day-to-day. So Mm -hmm. I would just say, instead of trying to find your purpose this year, focus on your interests, the things that light you up. That's my key word for this year, transformation and feeling lit up. And those are the two things that are going to propel me forward. So if you see this class on, you know, um, human design, Take it. See if it's something that you're interested in. If not, fucking bounce. The other thing to remember about seven is the seven, if you have a seven in your core chart, sevens are not meant to finish things. Sevens are the seekers of deeper meaning. So you can get halfway into a project and be like, I'm done. I have everything I need. Mm. Fucking pivot. Go on to the next thing. People get so like, oh, I should be able to finish. I, you know, society tells us you have to have follow through and you have to finish things. You have to finish Mm -hmm. what you start, right? Mm -hmm. No, not if you're a seven or you have a seven and not in a seven year. It's all about exploring every single thing that lights you the fuck up, seeing where it goes, because that one thing could be the thing that pushes you down a path that actually leads you to your purpose. So yes. it's a cool year. I love seven years. I'm super excited to see what happens this year. Yeah. I pulled three cards for the year because uh, I just got the the Light Sears tarot. <gasps> you did. That's my I favorite did. tarot deck. I love it. It's, Isn't it awesome? It's just, it speaks to me like uh, unlike a lot of other decks. Yeah. There's something <laughs> about it. Chris Ann, the creator of that deck, she's goddamn magic. Yeah. Uh, so I pulled the sun the king of swords, the emperor, and then the card on the bottom of the deck was death and rebirth. Nice. See? Nice. Yeah. I love that. yeah. So the sun speaks to us about all the opportunities, right? It's mm-hmm. uh, it's shining the light on everything that the world has to offer. It's what brings us joy. It's what brings us life, what provides us with that, that spark. And so then we move into the king of swords, and that's about intelligence and the importance of having clarity before you take your next steps, but but knowing that you don't have to have all your questions answered. It's just mm-hmm. about being grounded in mm-hmm. in what you know, yeah, and, and and your own personal experiences and what lights you up, yeah, yes, and what lights you up, and then the emperor, that's your natural leadership, taking action. So, for those who don't who haven't maybe begun or done done a lot of research on your spiritual awakening is essentially leading you into your purpose, which because we're humans and because we're here on earth, whether you like it or not, has to deal with others, Mm -hmm. um, with other, sometimes other humans, sometimes animals because they're living beings as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, if you, if you're like, but I hate working with people then maybe it's animals, (laughs) (laughs) then work with animals. They're just lovely. They really are. Mm -hmm. Um, but the point of, of the emperor again, is that, that you harbor, harboring the belief of infinite possibilities for success and knowing that a lot of times that's going to lie within that service to others and knowing that you don't have to have ever, complete clarity over the future because that's, that's a pretty impossible. And nobody has it. Nobody no. has it. I mean, I'm pretty spot on with following my gut nudges, but I have yes. no fucking idea what's going to happen, but I'm going to figure, I'm going to find out. Yes. Yeah. And then that's death and rebirth. It's understanding that cycle. And that's that cycle of putting things in our past to rest, allowing them to be a part of our past that 
we don't necessarily have to revisit if we don't want to and rebirth into our new selves, into our mm-hmm. best selves, into the possibility of of our potential. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, what are those cards again? The sun, the king of swords, the emperor. So it's going to be, it's going to be a exciting year. I'm excited to see people up level and the sharing of information. And I, and I, I think sometimes we might get caught up in, you know, what does service to others look like? I only have so much time in the day. I'm already doing so many things. It doesn't have to be huge. Uh, even if it's something where you're, you're reading a book and there's some passage in that, that you feel like, wow, this, that, that really impacted me or that feels very meaningful. I want to share this with someone else. Mm-hmm. Something mm-hmm. as simple mm-hmm. as that, because you mm-hmm. don't know why you have that inkling that mm-hmm. this message might need to be shared. That's right. just doing that. Yeah. Getting the urge to be like, I don't know why I'm supposed to share this with you, but I am, or I don't know why I feel, yes, I feel called yes. to share this. And um, if you, if you don't feel comfortable sharing that, maybe like on your personal pages, your Facebook or whatever, because I don't know, maybe you have people who don't understand maybe what you're going through yet. Remember that that's why we have our esoterics community on Facebook is because that is a safe place for you to go and share something like that. That's like, we, we love that. We support that. If you're going in there to share a message of something that stood out to you today, feel free to go and post that in our, in the group. Drop it in there. And remember, right now the algorithms are sort of fucking with everything. So um, anytime you see any of our content, if you want to continue to see it in your feed without having to go to the page specifically, you're going to have to comment like, you're going to have to do something more than just like it because that's how the algorithm knows what you want to see and will continue to show it to you. If you just keep scrolling by or you like it, it's not going to, it's going to eventually phase out of your feed. So FYI, that's, that's how the algorithms work. You can also prioritize posts too you can um there's like the little button on the top right of most posts and it'll say like see more like this or or make sure you're following and stuff yeah be be notified when this page posts you can do you can do things like that to tweak what you're seeing as well yes so listen um speaking of tools um for this seven year Mm -hmm. um there i want to remind everybody that i have an info and freebies page on my website called tools for the modern mystic and it's sort of my um, pet project, I guess you would say this year to start sharing all of the cool fucking shit I come across in my year seven or universal year seven Yes, on that page. So just bookmark it. Um, and, um, you know, if you subscribe to it, you'll get an email notification saying, Hey, Joe's just updated tools for the modern mystic. Um, I just updated it with like some personal year, uh, more personal year stuff so that, you know, you really have an idea of what's going on. Um, it's perfect, you know? Yeah. And then I'm learning my seven year, I'm going to spend my seven year learning astrology and human design, just getting deeper into it. Um, and adding these two modalities to complement um, numerology and the Akashic records. It's really changed my readings in a really, in amazing ways. Um, they're just, they're fun for me again. And they've always been fun. I love helping people, but these just, it's like, connecting the dots for people is like, Oh my God, it's so cool. And yeah, I get excited about them. I would like to do an episode on human design on here on the podcast. Um, but I would like us to maybe work on doing a astrology live or something that involves video because I think it's important to use graphics. Um, because like Joe and I sat down and we were doing research on degrees and we came up with like, we found some really cool information that is, I think is really cool to share. Um, I've been diving more into aspects and just kind of understanding what aspects are, what they mean, um, how to read them, how to utilize them, how to best work with them. So, but that's something that would have to do, like we need a visual aid yes. to, to really show that. Yeah. And we're interested in different things. So she's been diving into those aspects of aspects, right? And I've been diving into the nodes and past life and future life and midheaven, career, you know, the stage, your black moon Lilith, like your divine empowerment, your Chiron, your wounding, all of that and how that applies to your numerology and your astrology. 
um, human design has been amazing. It really has. But the more that I'm into it, the more I realize I'm not interested in being a human design reader. Maybe that will come at some point, but right now it's really just validation for the beauty of the numerology and the astrology. That's really what it is. Um, you know, yeah, I, I've been also looking into astrocartography because yes, I I just fun? yeah I just think it's fun and it's interesting. I'm also I'm not interested in ever becoming an astrocartography reader, but I am interested in sharing that information with people as just as I'm as I go along as I learn it for myself because there's certain things that are just kind of practical. You don't have to get super deep into it and and all that to be able to benefit from the understanding. Mm-mm. Well, and what's cool too is when people, you know, I'll get people and they're like, you know, I'm thinking about a move or whatever. And I'm like, well, let's look at your astrocartography to see. And nine times out of 10, wherever they're thinking of moving shows up in their fucking chart. Now you can't make that stuff up. You can't. That's not woo woo nonsense. It's, it's science, bitch. (laughs) Um, Okay. So, um, Listen, speaking of readings, um, I rolled out new readings in 2023. So Mm. I want to talk a little bit more in depth about a different reading each episode, just one. Okay. Um, So this week I want to talk about the higher self, Akashic reading and connection. And I think the reason that I think that this reading is so important is because of this this seven year. Um, This is the reading that is going to teach you. This is, it's a hybrid um, reading slash coaching mentoring session. So basically what we're going to do, because our higher self is the source of our intuition, it's our inspiration, it's our strongest connection to source, um, learning to connect and communicate with your higher self is literally crucial for, um, you know, your quest for deeper meaning and your seven year and all that good stuff. So the first 30 minutes of this um, reading coaching hybrid session. We're going to connect to your higher self for answers to your biggest questions. So bring questions. What are you here to do? Your biggest challenges, how to reach your greatest potential, any other questions that you might have three to five specific questions can be covered in like 30 minutes. Okay. Um, this is a 90 minute reading, by the way. Um, in the next 30 minutes, we're going to cover things like the purpose of your intuition, you know, how to develop a connection practice using the Akashic records. Um, Uh, Yes, I will teach you how to open the Akashic Records for yourself to develop your practices, Um, how to identify your three most intentional connection symbols. This is something that's really cool, really fun, um, and it helps you go, ah, there's my message, Mm. um, because you have these symbols that will show up. Um, You know, just all of those sorts of things, you know, what to do if it all feels challenging, you know, and any other topics that sort of fall into place. Um, And then in the final 30 minutes, I'm going to teach you how to communicate with your higher self using a simple technique, very simple technique. And it's you asking questions and getting answers. Um, So again, 90 minutes, this reading also includes a PDF handout. Um, So I recommend um, if you're able um, book this reading, book this reading. Um, It's really, really is going to help you. What's the cost of that one? That cost is, I believe it's like 225. That's a deal because <laughs> you know how much people charge just to teach you how to open the Akashic Records? It, like. it, yeah. I mean, it's stupid. Listen, I had to raise, increase my prices this year and I was struggling with it because I'm like, but you know, these prices really do benefit people no. and fit people. And then I was doing my research and it's like, there's people are, I, it's like the grocery stores and I'll bitch about the grocery stores, right? Because <laughs> my IMs went doubled. Sure. Um, but um, yeah, there, there is a need. Um, yeah. But there's still, I tried to make this one really yeah. Affordable and accessible. And as always, I don't promote this because I'm not trying to get slammed in my DMs. But if you truly feel in your heart of hearts that you need this reading, you need this mentoring, this information, and you legitimately cannot afford it. And I'm talking, I'm not talking about priorities because if you're going to go to a concert or do some, get a new coach or some new pair of boots or something, and you're just not prioritizing intuitive development or a reading, then that's not on me. But if you legitimately feel as if you um, would like to put it out to the universe, I will work with you on pricing and I will work with you on a payment plan or something in order to help you get this, this, this um, reading. Uh, All right, Joe, what are we talking about today? 
today, um, in my quest for number one, sharing what I've come across in 2023, um, in my year seven, um, and my deep dive into astrology, I want to talk about Elsie Wheeler and the Sabian symbols. Okay. I had never heard of the Sabian symbols until I started this astrology mentorship. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm not going to get into deep of what, I'm not going to get deep into what they are um, because there is a website that you can go to that will teach you everything in a much um, more clear and organized and logical way. And Mm -hmm. it is called um, Linda Hill. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Linda Hill is the teacher, but the website is sabiansymbols.com. S-A-B-I-A-N-S-Y-M-B-O-L-S.com. Go there. Okay. Um, it really will clear everything up. I'm just going to briefly touch on the Sabian symbols, but I really want to talk about Elsie Wheeler. Okay. She is a badass psychic, and I really want you guys to hear her story. Awesome. All right. So Elsie Wheeler and the Sabian symbols. The Sabian symbols were created in 1925 by Mark Edmund Jones. So he's the one who came up with the concept for these things. Okay. Um, but they were clairvoyantly channeled. The meanings of the symbols were, and the symbols themselves were clairvoyantly channeled by Elsie Wheeler. So the Sabian symbols just offer a different approach to the understanding and teaching of astrology. So once you do your research and you figure it out, it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, each, basically each of the 12 Zodiac in our birth chart contains 30 degrees each. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All the way from Aries one to Pisces 30. So Sabian symbols are images and phrases attached to each of those symbols. Those were what were clairvoyantly channeled by Elsie Wheeler Mm -hmm. that give us a deeper understanding of each one of those 360 degrees. So for instance, I think I was born at like Capricorn 17 degrees. So Uh when I go in and I look at what the Sabian symbol means, um, it really does resonate with me at a deeper level. It's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. So it's really cool, but it's best to, it's something that can be absorbed um, by going down that rabbit hole, right? Because Mm -hmm. I want to share, but I'm also encouraging people to do the research. Yes. Um, The other thing is the Sabian symbols can be used in every aspect of astrology and applied to any point in the Zodiac to reveal these beautiful layers of meaning to the degree of any of the planets, asteroids, and angles. So when we were going through, when we were in the car driving back from um, San Diego and we were, um, you know, going over the the degrees and stuff, each sign, then once we look at that, we, we look at the degree um, specific to that, or do we look at the Sabian symbol specific to that degree that would have given us even more knowledge. So they're a super cool tool. They can also be used as an Oracle. Um, how, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, I'm sitting there going, well, how would I use it as an Oracle? Maybe just picking a degree or I have no idea, but, um, a lot of people, when I read some of the research, said that when used as an oracle, they were eerily on point. So it's kind of cool. Mm. You can use anything as an oracle. You can use the page in a book as an oracle, really. Yes. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Well, I, I think you and I did that when um, I did um, the intuitive development with you. Yes. We, yeah, we, we did. That. that was fun. That's actually yeah. really fun. All right. So now that we know just a little bit more about the Sabian symbols, let's talk about where they came from, because this is where the magic is. Elsie May Wheeler, she was born September 3rd, 1887 at 9.39 p.m. in Norris City, Illinois. And I gave all that in case anybody wanted to pull her chart and take a look at her. Any of you astro um, badasses out there. Um, Not a great deal is known about her life, but the legacy that she left behind lives on through those Sabian symbols. So Elsie was really, she was severely afflicted with rheumatoid arthritis and she spent her entire life in a wheelchair her entire life in a wheelchair. Wow. She couldn't really turn her head and she could barely hold her hands. Hmm. Um, Elsie never married or had kids. Um, She was married to sort of this higher spiritual purpose is what everybody else likes to say. Um, 
but don't let that stop you because as we'll find out Elsie Elsie has a little something going on with somebody <laughs> um, her intuitive and visionary abilities they were not impaired by her handicap at all she was an extraordinary clairvoyant very powerful um, and she was said to be blessed with the ability to see images quickly and clearly and that's another reason why I'm drawn to her because I tell people when I teach when I mentor intuitively um, when we talk about clairvoyance you're not going to see it like a movie. You're not going to see it as clear as a bell. You're, it's going to see, it's going to feel like a memory, um, you know. So, but apparently okay. Elsie, she was on point. Her clairvoyance was, was, was badass. All right. So she was left an orphan after her mother, Louisa, died in 1891. And then her father, Willis, died in 1894. So like three years apart. Um, she was then sent to live at the Bethesda Hospital and Home for the Incurables in St. Louis, Missouri, where she stayed there for 20 years. Okay. Wow. So 20 years she grew up in that hospital. There isn't a lot about what went on in that hospital. Uh -huh. The real magic happens when she moved to San Diego, California ah. in 1923 at the age of 36. Now, she went to live with this man listed as the, in the census as being her uncle, uh, air, air, air um, quotes, uncle, uh -huh. Frank W. Baxter. And Frank was a barber, okay? And, um, yeah, once she hit San Diego, um, she became famous as a spiritualist medium, and she was also an ordained minister, which is, I think is kind of cool. Oh, um, she regularly advertised um, that she was seeing clients at her home. And so people were coming all over to seek her advice and just her perpetual smile. Everybody talks about how geez, she just had this beautiful energy. Yeah. So Elsie hung out at the San Diego Indoor Sports Club um, in her wheelchair. She was spreading sunshine and encouraging others, you know, don't give up, there's lots to live for type of attitude. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so very much a, a lovely um, uh, energy. And actually the San Diego S Indoor Sports Club is still in operation today in the Mis Mission Hills District. Okay, in, um, okay. In San Diego. That's not far um, from where we were. Yeah, no, um, I was trying to remember what the name of it was to see, um, to ask if we could drive by it, but I, oh. I couldn't remember. So I'm like, yeah. Um, anyway, so the Sabian symbols were given, they were birthed in San Diego again in 1925 by Mark Edmund Jones. Um, so who is he? He was an American astrologer and spiritualist who enlisted the help of Elsie uh, because he was interested in finding a set of words and images to go with every single degree of the Zodiac. How he okay. got inspired to do that, I don't know, but um, he actually did, um, he actually, Mark Edward Jones taught Carl Jung astrology. So, I mean, oh. he was, you know, he, he was, um, you know, sort of famous in his own right within the world of astrology. I love in, that crossover. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I know there's, um, astrologers that have said this. I think it's, it might be, I don't think it's Linda Goodman, but, I, but anyway, that, um, if psychologists used somebody's birth chart to help them through, you know, their therapy, it would it would open up so much more information. Like it does open up so much more information, and yeah, and you'd be able to help somebody so much more by mm -hmm. just knowing their birth chart. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I liken it to uh, stupid Mark Meadows trying to um, you know become the speaker of the house fifteen <laughs> times. I'm like, dude, it's a full moon, bro. You need to just just stop right now, right? <laughs> Exactly. You should have used astrology. You guys need an astrologer. <laughs> mm -hmm. You need an astrologer. Um, well, and then, of course, Young, who, you know, of course, um, he actually went on to study astrology, you know, at deeper levels, but he was mostly known for the Akashic Records and all of that stuff. Yeah. And, and I mean, he's always quoted for a lot of psychology, you know, Jungian psychology mm -hmm. and, and, yeah. and shadow. And he's, mm -hmm. you know, he's credited with all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was he was a cool dude, hopefully. Um, let's see. So Joe's Jones actually chose Wheeler um as his partner in the experiment because of her remarkable ability to see messages, images, and symbols. Very, very, very clairvoyant. Um 
she used this talent to help her clients, but she was getting tired of the standard questions. You know what they are. When will I be rich? And when will I meet the love of my life? Girl, people get on and they, I'm like, okay, you guys, you have 20 minutes. You can ask me whatever you want. And they're <laughs> like, when will I find my love? I'm like, oh, <laughs> let's look at the records. See what the records say. Anyway, so Wheeler was uh, very eager to take part because she believed that this was an opportunity to really contribute something to astrology. She was a fan. Um, all right, so how they did it. One sunny day, Mark picked Elsie up on his way to Balboa Park and chose this beautifully wooded spot where they would be surrounded by the vibrations of life, but that they wouldn't be deserved mm -hmm. or disturbed. Mm -hmm. um, and he wrote in his book, quote, Elsie Wheeler was very anxious to start. It was necessary to provide uninterrupted hours with a problem of inevitable fatigue to be taken into account. She had to be carried. No others could be present. And conditions in general had to enable her to function in her accustomed manner. Balboa Park in San Diego offered a spot where there was a screen of trees and bushes. And during the day, no one would show any interest in a car parked here for a few hours, unquote. Oh. So, you know, he's like, all right, well, it has to be someplace conducive to this. So what he did was he had a set of 363 by five cards that he had prepared. And these were blank except for a small notation of the sign and number on one side, i.e. Aries 1, Aries 2, and so on. Mark would shuffle the cards and place one in front of Elsie, neither of them knowing the sign or the number on the other side, right? Mark wrote about this. He said one card was put face down before the medium and she reported on the picture she saw by inward vision. This mm -hmm. was noted hurriedly, hurriedly, hurriedly. I don't know how you say that. Hurriedly. They, they, they did it fucking quick. In <laughs> pencil on the card itself. Sometimes the way these people in the 20s and 30s and 40s See, talked, it's like, dude. Because, you know, you they mean. talk like this and they're yeah, all they like, you know, that transatlantic accent and stuff. I can't do <laughs> it. I can't. <laughs> bougie and old and shit. So during the whole process, Mark kept shuffling the cards and um, the Sabian Oracle clairvoyantly came through Elsie's psychically attuned mind completely at random. Huh. Um, they did 90 symbols and then they took a break and then they did another 90 and then they had a short, uh, they had lunch and then they had a drive and then they did another 90 and then finished the last 90 at the end of the day. So they did 360 cards in one fucking day. Holy I, shit. I can't even imagine. Oh my God. I know, right? I pull three and I'm like, I'm tired. No wonder she was <laughs> exhausted. I know, right? So that the entire set of Sabian symbols was visualized and recorded in a day is truly extraordinary. Um, because if the process of visualizing and recording the symbols took four hours in the morning and four hours in the afternoon, on average, 45 symbols would have to have been visualized per hour or one every minute and a half. Wow. So she was obviously channeling and tapping into another level of consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mark Edmund Jones himself said that, you know, he felt like there was this unseen energy at work in the creation of the Sabian symbols um, by a member of what he calls the ancient Mesopotamian Sabian Brotherhood. Okay. So what he believed was that brother quote, that was the name of the guide was the voice that Elsie Wheeler heard when she channeled the symbols. Oh, um, okay. I couldn't find anything on Elsie saying anything about that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, but that's what Mark Edmund Jones believes. So fascinating, but no proof, Mark. <laughs> Interesting though, that they called him brother. Yeah, his name was Brother. I mean, he was a, a member of the the ancient Mesopotamian Sabian Brotherhood. Hmm. At the end of the day, when the entire oracle had been completed, Mark sensed something was wrong with one of the symbols. And he asked Elsie to do that one again. He felt this so strongly that it occurred to him that he was being guided by something. So he asked Elsie, if brother was there, upon hearing that he was, she said, yep. Mark asked her, well, what's he doing? And Elsie said, he's standing with his arms folded. <laughs> and Mark goes, ask him why he didn't correct that then. Mm -hmm. 
And Elsie said, he says that it's up to you, up to Mark. So it appears that on all levels, a higher kind of consciousness or intelligence was operating. She was channeling. Right. um, You know. Yeah. Yep. So what they'd achieved on that day became clearer and clearer to Mark Edmund Jones over the following years. He called the exercise an experiment, but exactly what they had discovered is still sort of coming out today through those who use the Sabian symbols. And again, if you go on that website um, um, that Linda Hill operates, Uh sabiansymbols.com, she has some really good insights and she has a cool blog and there's just there's just it's it's a cool site to go and get lost in um okay now i want to talk about why the name sabian what does that mean yes so the story is embedded in the ancient cultures of the middle east okay um so there was this tribe of people called the sabians and they are referenced in the quran Um, Not much of what they were or did is recorded, but they do predate organized religion. The Sabians were thought to have been pagan worshipers of the spirit within nature. So your original, actual pagan religion that was, um, you know, um, sort of experienced prior to organized religion. Yeah. Um, the Sabian people were an ancient race of alchemists living in Haran, a city on the banks of the Euphrates River in Mesopotamia. Euphrates. Um, this is where astrology is said to have originated, actually. Yeah. Haran, I think, yeah, Haran. Haran existed from the 3rd millennium BC to the 13th century AD and was the repository of the philosophy of the ancient Chaldeans who were among the founders of astrology. So that's how that ties together. Okay. Um, The Sabians were alchemists who were into like talismanic magic. um, And it's described as uh, the magic whereby a deity's power is concentrated into a physical object to magnify the powers of above. So basically when I create a pendant for somebody, I'm actually imbuing it with talismanic magic, right? This Ah. is a representation of their soul. And this is why, or their ring or whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. So in early Babylonia, the moon cult was the national religion. Right? I love that. Yeah. The name Chaldean means moon worshipers. Okay. Okay. So as the religion was gradually wiped out. Oh, don't get me started. Um, fucking wiped out. Like all. Mm. Ugh, the Sabian Like all pagan people, things. Yeah. Like, like all were pagan just, things. That yes. were just washed over, uh, you know, adopted, misappropriated. Colonized. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Destroyed. Yeah. Um, so as the religion was gradually wiped out, um, the Sabian people maintained and developed the tradition of Chaldean astrology. Um, and they specifically worked with talismans, oracles, and magic. Um, now, the sect itself disappeared during the Mongol invasions of the 13th century when the water supply was diverted into a neighboring town. Um, huh. So, um, but I'm going to be honest, when I was like going over that, um, and even right now, uh, my guides are sort of stepping in, my legs are tingling, and they're saying that it wasn't necessarily, um, it didn't disappear, it was integrated into other cultures and religions, but um, the sure. magic itself went underground. Sure. Yeah. Because I well, also think of that logically, like if your if your water starts to be diverted and you start to lose a natural resource like that, people don't just sit around and, <laughs> you know, and like oh, well. die. Bye, like water. you you move. You mm-hmm. you and so it seems to me like it'd be more likely that those people would have dispersed and it would have eventually like tore tore apart the community, but that a lot of people would have just moved away separated and yeah and that's how their ideas get spread and integrated into other things they were like diluted and then influenced and then all that shit right the loss of culture loss of you know all of that stuff so it's kind of sad because honestly moon worshipers um i do not myself agree or believe in organized religion but i'll tell you what i'll worship a moon it isn't it funny how he moves away from something that like because i feel like the 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 atheist argument sometimes and the agnostic argument is like how can you worship something you can't see how do you how do you uh, believe in something that you've never seen um that you 
can't prove is real but it's like but the moon and the and the sun like you you see them they're there like and yeah we and we worship their cycles or whatever and and they're obvious cycles and they're there and it's just funny to me that it's like that we would trade it for something invisible yeah and it's of course it just supports you know their own beliefs you know yeah, they being you know i'm just going to say religion um, yeah so yeah all right um beautiful, lovely Miss Elsie Wheeler. She lived in San Diego from 1923 through 1938 when she died at the age of 51 on November 26. She died young. Elsie, I know, I know, very young. Um, she simply just couldn't stand the pain of her debilitating disease, you know, oh. and so she was finally like, all right, bitches, I'm out. I'm yes. Um, and her death cast a very dark sadness over the many, many people who knew and loved her. Um, they say that the beauty and grace with which she lived her life is enhanced by the gift that she has left to the world. And I felt that. I That's felt beautiful. that. Um, at the time of her death, her son was at two degrees Scorpio and her Sabian symbol was a broken bottle and spilled perfume. Oh, huh. That's beautiful. I know, isn't that beautiful? Uh, all right, now now let's get into Frank a little bit quickly. Although Frank was described as her uncle, no family connection can be found to prove that. And many now believe that they were listed as niece and uncle to make their relationship respectable for the times. Frank Baxter yeah. died in 1948, um, 10 years after she did, after being hit by a bus on the streets of San Diego. Oh, shit. <laughs> I know. It was like the bus fucking hit him. So there really is no proof. Um, you know, that they were, they were hitting it, but you know, and it may very well just have been for, um, you know, the sake of appearances that mm -hmm. they, um, listed as uncle and niece, but you know, maybe Elsie was getting some, <laughs> I like to think she was getting some from Frank. Um, anyway, RIP Frank after being hit by a bus, that's, that's a pretty nasty way to go. Um, Mark Edmund Jones. Um, on the other hand, he died on March 5th, 1980. So he lived a ripe old, to the ripe old age of 91. Um, he died in Stanwood, Washington, north of me. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, that's really all, you know, that we have on Mark in his death. I don't know how he died or anything. Yeah. All right. So to wrap this up, basically, um, how do you use the Sabian Oracle? Um, uh -huh. Again, Linda Hill, um, SabianSymbols.com. Um, find the symbol associated with your chart. You're going to begin with your sun and then work through the planets in your chart. So if you know astrology, this is going to be really easy, fun yeah. little rabbit hole to go down. And like I said, you'll be surprised at how literal they can be when you cross-reference your life situations with your symbols. And that's what yeah. I did. And I was like, shut up. That's amazing. That's cool. Yeah. So I just pulled, I just pulled one up just to see how kind of how it works. So the first thing you're going to have to do is go pull your birth chart yes. from somewhere else. Um, so like I use cafe astrology. I like their, yes, their birth. Good. Yeah. It's a easy calculator. Easy you do read. need to know your birth time though, in order to know the degrees. And then, uh, you just go on the website on the sabiansymbols.com and you click on symbols and then you just pick the Zodiac sign. So if you want to start with your sun sign, so uh, select whatever sign your, um, sun was in. So like my example is Libra and mine was in 11 at 11 degrees. So then you select the degree of the Zodiac and then it'll give you. Uh, it'll give you your Sabian symbol. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. then you just kind of go through that. Yeah. And to work with them as an oracle, it's important to keep in mind that um, looking at the answer literally, um, you might, if you look at it literally, you might miss the possibilities that are inherent in that answer. Uh. Um and so, um, you know, just use it to expand your intuition um, and use it to look at, at your life situations with an increased sort of depth of view, I guess, you know, yeah. perspective, that sort of thing. Yeah. So in closing, um, although the Sabian symbols have their foundations in astrology, you legit need no knowledge of astrology in order to use them, right? Right. You just need yeah. to know Just pull when. your chart. Mm -hmm. Yep. Pull yep. your chart and you just need to know when your little degrees are. Um, yes. So so they, they're fun. So um, you guys, if you if anybody has any um, um, experience in them or anything like that, please comment on, um, you know, when we post the episode, 
write us, send us an email even. It doesn't matter, but we'd love to yeah. hear from you. Yeah, or pull um pull up your chart and I want to see how did you find it accurate? Did you find like it didn't yeah. make sense? Or uh, yeah, I'm I'm interested in knowing what people's experiences are if it's something that seems interesting to you. You know, um kind of off topic but slightly related, just about the whole thing about him getting hit by a bus. Um yeah. have you ever heard of that people who go out who die like a, a tragic death um what may be considered like a painful death uh that they're clearing karma on their way out have you ever mm-hmm. heard that uh, crazy you say that i just had a reading yesterday with a client and um her dog uh-huh. uh was sick and this was her soulmate this dog was like her her kid her life right oh. her puppy was sick um and um so the puppy laid down um, uh-huh. and this was out in the living room and she's like, honey, you know, I can't stay out here, but she didn't want to move it. Yes. Um, you know, so she's like, I'm going to go to bed and she made it comfortable and, you know, loved it and everything and went to bed and woke up and the puppy had passed. Oh. So it was very traumatic for her. And she's yeah. like, can we, can we get into that? And so yes. I'm like, absolutely. But I always cry when dogs come through or animals, but yeah. mostly dogs. And the puppy, the dog actually, it was a, it was a, um, a great Dane. Um, so a big dog and they don't typically live long. Um, mm-hmm. this one was 13 years old, so it lived a beautifully long life. Um, and the puppy said, or the dog said, um, there is a reason. Now the dog is trying not to be cruel because sometimes the blatancy of, of, um, our soul contracts or our soul blueprints can be cruel. It can seem cruel, right? It's just very yeah. blunt, you know? Um, so basically the dog said, that in order to balance past life karma that this my client had accrued the inability to say goodbye was necessary to balance karma it wasn't meant to be cruel it wasn't meant to as a punishment karma is not punitive it is experiential it was simply to balance karma why because in a past life this person was a a slave trader and they would send rip families apart and not uh-huh. give them the opportunity to say goodbye so uh... again Yes, how we experience karma is very specific. So it balanced karma. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that was when you said that, I was like, that was the first thought that came to me. I was like, just thinking about that and and how it does it clears karma when you go yep. out, clears it right up, balances it anyway, right? Because it's just you've had one experience and now you've had another. End of story. And it's actually. Um, it was a really beautiful way for her to balance that karma, although it was, it, it, it hurt. Like she really felt it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we talked it through. I, I let brought forth some more messages. And so now she feels bad and she has that closure, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or now she feels better and has closure, not feel bad. Well, thank you. Thank you for, that's a good, cool story. All right, everyone. You can find us on all the socials under Esoterics Podcast. You can Catch us on Facebook under the Esoterics Community Group and make sure you favorite our group so that you can see all of our posts. This is a safe place to ask questions on all things spiritual or not so spiritual. And like I said before, it's a good place to start sharing if you have a message that maybe popped up into your knowing and you'd like to share it with the world. Absolutely. And um, again, you'll also find support and information on developing your practices on Tools for the Modern Mystic page, but I will always post them in the Esoterics community on Facebook every single time and link them. Thank you for inviting us into your life today. Stay mystical, magical, and don't let anyone tell you what to do. Mm -mm. Tell them to fuck off. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.